Front page headline in today's New York Times, shifting dollars from poor to rich is a key part of the Senate health bill. In other words, the headline says that the Senate health bill is taking money from the poor and giving it to the rich. That is the headline. And if you read the New York Times, then you would believe, if that's what you believe for your news anyway, then you would literally believe that Republicans in the Senate got together in this dark, smoke-filled room and said, all right, guys, let's figure out how to take money away from poor people. We detest and we despise and we hate these poor people. And all we want to do is make sure they get sick, rot away, and die. So let's take their last few dollars and let's give it to Wall Street tycoons. Let's give it to rich business people who we love and care about and want to take care of. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating here. And it's such a misleading article. You know, it says uh, that that uh, we want to cut taxes that Obamacare placed on rich people. We want to cut it and give the money back to the rich people. And let me explain this again. I've explained this numerous times. When the New York Times and the mainstream media says that the Republicans want to take the money that's being given to the poor people and put it back in the rich people's pockets. No, 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 no. That's not what's happening here. We're doing one simple thing. We're repealing Obamacare, which is what President Trump was sent to Washington to do. It's what the American people want. Now, Obamacare taxed the rich in order to pay for poor people's health insurance coverage. Okay, that's what he did. Now, that's that's the reality. And now when you repeal Obamacare, you're getting rid of those taxes. You're getting rid of those taxes, which means you're giving money back to the people who deserved it. Now, it's not just rich people, by the way. It's middle-class people. Plenty of, plenty of middle-class people also pay capital gains tax and also pay some of the other business taxes that Obamacare placed. So it's not just rich people. So it, either you give it back to everybody or you don't. What do you want to do? You want to only cut the taxes that Obamacare placed on the middle class, but we want to keep in place the ones that he placed on the rich people. And by the way, where does this idea come from? You know, the, the, this concept that, all right, listen, guys, we need to pay for people to people's health insurance. So you know what we do? Let's just tax the rich people. I, I Look, I understand that the rich people should pay their fair share. I get it. But he targeted rich people. And remember, why, why is it always the rich people get the tax cuts? Well, it's very simple because they're the ones who are paying the vast, vast bulk of the taxes. Ten The top 10% of earners in this country pay something like 70% of the country's taxes. So by definition, any tax cut is always going to be weighted toward rich people because they're the ones paying. What are you supposed to do? Cut taxes on people who aren't actually paying any taxes? The The article goes on, by the way, the story in the Times, and it's so misleading. It says the bill would fundamentally change the structure of Medicaid, which provides health insurance to 74 million disabled or poor Americans, including nearly 40% of all children. They're making it sound like the Republicans are taking away health insurance from 74 million disabled or poor Americans and millions of children. And that's not what's happening at all. First, many, many children were covered under some sort of Medicaid, even rich children, by the way, before Obamacare. They're going to get to keep their coverage. And also, that's not how it works. It's not the poor Americans or the disabled Americans who are going to lose coverage. The ones who are going to lose coverage are actually, it's the opposite. Obamacare extended coverage to people who are not poor, above the poverty level. And it's it's just simply unsustainable. I mean, he, he made it there's an infinite pot- potential potential for infinite Medicaid coverage. Anybody who qualifies automatically gets federal dollars for Medicaid under Obamacare. So it's just like an endless pit of coverage, which we cannot afford. 
So what this is doing is this is scaling it back and saying, all right, it's got to go to the people who really need it. That's the poor people. That's the disabled people. They're going to get it anyway, at least as far as I can tell. And the children also. It's just the people who are earning too much who really never deserve Medicaid to begin with. Obamacare, Obama had no choice. He had to figure out a way to cover everybody. So when you do that, you get creative and you, you basically take tax dollars and uh, hand it over to these people who really could get a job and, and really are capable of getting their own coverage. And look, not in all cases, but many, many, many. But we're telling them, don't worry, it's, it's a freebie. It's on, the, it's on the federal government. Now, we've discussed the, this bill in the past. The Senate health care bill was finally unveiled on Thursday, and it's really very similar to the House bill. A couple of differences, but very similar. And without going into all the details, we have a show we did a while back. You could probably find it in the archives. But basically, uh, the... Trump care bill, both in the House and the Senate, uh, gets rid of the individual mandate so you don't have to be covered if you don't want to. That was the worst part of Obamacare, forcing everybody to be covered, even young, healthy people, to pay for everybody else. Gets rid of that. It gets rid of pretty much all the Obamacare taxes. And it also eases the restrictions. And here's one key difference between the House bill and the Senate bill. They both ease restrictions, but the Senate bill is much tougher as far as pre-existing condition goes. The House bill uh, allowed states to opt out and apply for a waiver where they don't have to cover people with pre-existing conditions for the same cost. They have to cover it either way. They, everyone's covered. Pre-existing conditions are covered, but they could charge more money, whereas the Senate bill... It has very, very tight restrictions. You can't even apply for a waiver, which is why a lot of the conservatives are upset. Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, they say that uh, they're not going to vote for the Senate bill, which means that it won't pass. They need at least 50 Senate votes. If more than two Republican senators say they're not going to vote for it, then it's not going to pass, which is a big issue. The moderates are upset because a lot of people are going to lose coverage. As we keep explaining, they're going to lose coverage because it gets rid of the individual mandate. So millions of people who are forced to be covered right now, who don't want to be covered, but they have no choice, they're going to come off insurance. That's not called losing insurance. That's voluntarily deciding you don't want to pay for insurance because you're young and healthy. Uh, So anyway, getting back to the details here, uh, it it eases restrictions, but that's a big key difference. The Senate does not... Uh, ease the restrictions the same way the House bill does. And also, both bills give subsidies. They call it tax credits, but they give subsidies to a lot of poor people uh, and, and a lot of middle class people also to help them pay for the insurance companies to help offset the cost of insurance premiums, which is another reason the conservatives are upset. It's not a tax credit. Here's why. Because it's going to go to millions and millions of people who don't even pay any income tax. So tax credit is if you pay tax, we give you back that money. But here, it's not. It's going to go to people, millions of people, who don't pay any taxes at all. Now, let me ask you something. How is that a tax credit? What are we giving them? Where's that money coming from? It's not coming from their pockets. The answer is it's coming from the rich and the middle class. So the conservatives look at this. Only the moderates are upset, but the, the conservatives are also upset. The Democrats are really upset. So nobody's happy with this bill, kind of just like the House bill. And look, you know, the, the, the point here is what exactly is going to lower the premiums? That's the big question, folks. If there's still restrictions forcing these insurance companies to give a certain amount of coverage to people and to be limited and capped in how much they're allowed to charge, especially the elderly and sick people. There's strong limitations on that. So once again, we're handcuffing the insurance companies, which is what Obamacare did in the first place. So it makes some changes, certainly cuts a lot of the taxes, but cutting the taxes is not what's going to save health care and not going to help them lower premiums, lower deductibles. In order to do that, you got to say, hey, hey, guys, you cannot be covered as much as you used to. It does that to some degree, 
but not enough. And we're going to have to see what happens if they make it any more conservative than a lot of the moderates. By the way, some moderates still have not said they're going to come out and vote for it. So they're trying to please everybody. It's very difficult. I'm with the conservatives. I say you've got to make this whole thing more private, as we've discussed in the past. You've got to let the insurance company, let the states decide. You know, that that's part of the beauty of the House bill is let it be state by state. Why does the federal government have to decide every single state? All the states are different. There's a reason that it's 50 states in the union. Each one has its own independent government. So tell the state, listen, if you want, uh, you can force people to be on health insurance. They, they, they can always leave your state if they want. If you want, you can force the insurance companies to cover people. And guess what? Maybe prices will skyrocket and people will jump ship and get out of your state. But why does the federal government have to decide that every insurance company in the entire country has to follow its rules and therefore crush the industry, force the insurance companies out of business like has been happening under Obamacare, and, of course, raise premiums like crazy? And the New York Times doesn't get it. They don't understand. They they, they get all upset about you know the fact that we're undoing Obamacare. They don't realize that Obamacare is literally on the verge of collapse. I mean, they should realize because they write about it all the time. Many insurance companies have left Obamacare completely. In some states, next year, there isn't going to be any Obamacare. There won't be any insurance exchanges because the insurance companies, they simply can't make any money because uh, the government basically tells them, give tons of coverage and take very much, take very little reimbursement for it. Get, get paid very little. That's not a model for success. So what exactly is your alternative? I love these Democrats screaming at the Republicans, because they, they're upset that they're taking all these people off of health care. And yet when we say to them, well, what's your alternative? They don't have an answer. All right. Trey Gowdy, Congressman Trey Gowdy, he was a conservative. He's a conservative Republican. I love him. I like him a lot. But I'm not happy. He says, uh, he said on CNN on Thursday, he says, President Trump, it was inappropriate. If President Trump asked James Comey. Uh, to please clear his name. That's inappropriate. At the end of an investigation where they've looked into all the facts and they've decided that you're innocent, then they can clear your name. But to clear your name at the beginning of the investigation, it's inappropriate. And I'm sorry, but he's he's wrong. And I know I'm in the tank for, 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 for Trump, right? Everybody knows that. Well, maybe. I don't think so. But this is a very simple equation, folks. President Trump did not ask to have his name cleared. What happened was uh, the, 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 it was publicized that there's an investigation into Russian hacking and possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. And there was a ton of speculation and still is by a lot of the media that President Trump was being investigated and Jared Kushner as well. And that President Trump was being investigated for criminal activities, for colluding with Russia. There are all sorts of reports about back back uh, backroom discussions with the Russians and about undisclosed conversations with top Russian officials by the way debunked by Comey himself those were false reports fake news in the Washington Post in the New York Times Reuters and others so Trump said listen just tell everybody you're not investigating he didn't say clear my name he didn't say get up and say President Trump is innocent don't say I'm innocent don't guilty don't say what I did just say what you're doing or what you're not doing you're not investigating me and the public has a right to know so Trey Gowdy, that's not inappropriate to, to, to say, listen, a lot of speculation is that I'm being investigated. Well, guess what? Just announce that, no, I'm actually not being investigated. I still don't understand why Comey, he, he went and he tried to talk to the uh, deputy uh the, the deputy attorney general and wrote him letters back and forth and tried to come up with a way to, hello, you know how to give a press conference, James Comey. You did it with Hillary. Get up and give a press conference. We're not investigating the president. He's the president. Doesn't he deserve that courtesy? And, you know, Comey's bogus, too, because he said, 
Well, you know, we, we'd have a we, we'd have a duty to correct if if we announce that, and then months later uh, we do start investigating President Trump. We have a duty to correct. We don't want to get up there and have to hold a press conference to say, "Well, actually, now we are investigating President Trump." No, you don't. The Wall Street Journal said, "What dude? There's no such thing. He made that up. There's nothing in the Constitution or anywhere else about a duty to tell people that someone's being investigated. Even if you got up and said, nobody thinks it means for the rest of your life. When you get up and say, President Trump's not being investigated, we think you mean for the next." 80 years? No, you mean today. If tomorrow it changes, it changes. You don't have to report that to us. So very, very uh, frustrating stuff. Now, uh, uh, amazingly, the the terrorist, the Muslim terrorist who stabbed police officer in Bishop Airport in Michigan, in Flint, Michigan, he tried to purchase a gun five days before this stabbing. He tried to buy a gun. And guess what? He was turned away because He's from Tunisia. He's not an American citizen. What does that mean? What does that mean, I ask you? It means that the system's working, okay? It's not perfect. The system works. You know, all you people who say, well, guns, it's all about, and I don't mean you people, because in this audience, you're not saying that. You guys, I think, are very big proponents of the Second Amendment, as am I. But a lot of people say, hey, guns, you, you got to restrict guns. Guns are what lead to violence. And this shows two things. Number one, it shows that if you restrict guns from people, and we got to do a better job, but we do a good job, then the raw, it won't get into the wrong people's hands, and they're not going to be able to kill with guns. And guess what? If it gets into the right people's hands, they'll be able to protect people. You understand? Think about the congressmen, uh, the, right? the uh, various people who were gunned down uh, at the baseball field uh, by that whack job uh, right? recently uh, in, in Virginia. And uh, thank God nobody was killed. The people were very seriously injured, of course, including Steve Scalise, the uh, House Majority Whip. And he targeted Republicans. And it was miraculous. If it, it, because of Scalise, you had Capitol Police there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been there. He had special security detail. They were able to shoot this guy. Otherwise, everyone was just sitting ducks. They said he would have mowed down probably a dozen congressmen and their staffers. So... If you don't have guns there at that moment, now what happens if if those police officers, security officers aren't there? Well, who wants? It's unthinkable. We don't want to think about what would have happened. But the point is, why weren't these Congress people? They're Republicans. They believe in the Second Amendment. I was amazed that none of them had their own, uh, you know, conceal and carry permit that they could actually carry a gun on them. You know, I mean, if I was a congressman, I wouldn't want to walk around without any security detail and and without a weapon. I, I, I was astonished by that. Like, you really? You can't trust a congressman to carry a gun? But it, it just goes to show you, you know, that if you let the guns get into the right hands and keep them away from the wrong hands, the old adage, it's cliche, but it's still true, that uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And the proof is, which is the next point, which is that this terrorist, he got himself a very, very dangerous knife. And knives are legal. What are we going to do? And, and, he, and, he, and he used that to stab this police officer. And, of course, th- there are stabbings now. It's just tragic. It's horrific. Uh, uh, more and more. The, 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 this is the, the new terrorist weapon of choice. So what does that tell you? Again, that tells you that it's not about the weapons, it's about the people. And we've got to do a better job of keeping uh, I- illegals out of this country, keeping, and this guy wasn't illegal, but keeping foreigners out of this country who are a potential threat. We've got to do a better job. We've got to tighten restrictions. It's just simply too frightening at times, especially what's going on in Europe. The last thing we want is for that to come over here uh, into the United States. And I- is it starting? This is a very, very terrifying episode here that happened in this airport and we've got to make sure it stops and of course that comes down to the travel ban we'll see how the supreme court rules on that here uh coming up in the next few weeks or months all right and finally speaking of illegal immigration 
30% of border children have gang ties. They are tie, They are connected with either, of illegal, I'm sorry, 30%, almost 30% of illegal immigrant children have ties with either MS-13, which is, of course, that very, very, very dangerous gang, uh, or other gangs, okay? So they come over here, they're already part of gangs, and this is nearly 30%. I mean, this is an astonishing, shocking, shocking number. And these, a lot of the, these teens are now sitting uh, in a prison on our side of the border, I guess waiting for trial or waiting to be deported or whatever it is. But the point is that we know that countless of these teenagers who are connected to gangs, they get connected very young in Mexico and in Central America, they are all over this country wreaking havoc. They are doing terrible things, committing terrible crimes, these gang members. They come here as gang members. Now, most of them came here under Obama. And amazingly, this article in the Washington Times says that these people were actually known or suspected gang members, these teenagers, when they first showed up at the border. But listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. The Obama administration said it had to admit them under U.S. law. We have to. We, have, we know that they're connected to gangs. We know they're going to come here and kill people, and they're illegal. But it's, a, it's not our fault. It's the law. Well, first of all, change the law. Second of all, no, it's not the law. There is no law anywhere that says you have to let an illegal anything, illegal immigrant, teenager, baby, whatever, if they're part of a gang, they're going to come here and kill Americans or, or kill other immigrants or kill other illegals or anybody. I mean, so, so it's just totally, totally outrageous. Thank you all for being here once again on Politics Clear and Simple. We will see you next time.